Welcome to Exploring Beyond the Edge with Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Are you ready to explore the conscious path around you? Open your heart and mind and awaken your curiosity? You've stopped into the right place. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Andrews. Hey there, this is Cynthia with my co-host Colin. So thanks to all our friends and family and listeners for showing up tonight. We are very excited about tonight's show and really hope you'll enjoy the conversation and jump in and give us a call. Um, Really quickly, we have so much to go through. I just have two little bits of business. Um, Some people are having trouble each week getting to the program on the promo card we send out. So to make it easy, all you really have to do is go to voiceamericaempowerment.com at 7 and you will find us. Eastern Time, that is. And if you're having trouble finding us and joining our Facebook group, Explorations in Energy, well, I'm afraid that's really down to me. I just don't get on with Facebook. So I do have a social media intern coming in to help me, and hopefully pretty soon that group will be in full swing. So thanks for the interest, and thanks for hanging in there. If you want to call in tonight, um, call 888-346-9141. I'm sure you will have questions for our guest tonight. You can also email them to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Just put radio question in the subject line. So tonight's guest is a great friend of ours. Um, his name is Teokasin Ghost Horse, and Teokasin is a member of the Cheyenne River Lakota Nation of South Dakota. He has a long history with indigenous activism and advocacy and is himself the founder, host, and executive producer for the past 26 years of First Voice, Amer- uh, First Voice Radio in New York City and Seattle. So Teokasin has been honored with so many awards, it's almost hard to, to list them all, but in 2013, he was awarded New York City's Peacemaker of the Year. In 2016, he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by the International Institute of Peace Studies and Global Philosophy. He was selected for the Native Arts Cultural Foundation Fellowship, and in 2018, he has been nominated for a National Endowment for the Arts National Heritage Fellowship, and he is a nominee for the National Native American Hall of Fame. Teokasin is also a musician and an artist and a really special and wonderful person. So, Teokasin, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Hi, Teokasin. Oh, Cynthia, thank you, and Colin, I'm excited to be on there. Your program tonight. Thanks. Oh, Thank you. I, I really appreciate the generosity of your time because I know how busy you are. And I think you just got back from Crete, didn't you? I, I was in Cyprus, actually, Cyprus. on the Greece yeah. side, yes. Yes. Um, you know, so, in the premise of our show, the reason that Colin and I are doing this Exploring Beyond the Edge, is to develop and use energy perception in engaging ordinary and non-ordinary reality. And so in our first show, we kind of expressed to the listeners that one of the main reasons that I personally think that that this is important to do is because perceiving energy informs us of our connection with nature and with each other. And I was just wondering, from your perspective, what you might have to say about that. Oh, wow. Geez. There's (laughs) plenty of terms, uh, I guess you'd say, relationship in our language uh, many native languages around the world, because that's basically my homestay, if you will, about how we see things so differently in, in native mm-hmm. cultures. 
um, and how more we relate to nature. So you can think about our languages as the energy of nature, and that, that we speak for nature, not to nature, um, uh, or about nature. We are always speaking for nature, and I think that's the difference in the relationship about um, our languages and the energy mm-hmm. that sometimes we tend to always, uh, not always, but I would say sometimes we, we look at these languages that we think are primitive because they have no written language. Mm. Um, and we all say that our, our language is too big for the alphabet, so it can't fit between the alphabet or the symbols of it because it's way beyond that, that understanding. In other words, is, is that we've evolved past the, the use of an alphabet because we've engaged in the, the, the code or the mm. matrix or the codex of nature and that you can't write all the data about nature as it is even today because it keeps changing and therefore mm-hmm. our language is one of changing and motion and uh, it's not a stagnant language and it's it's the if you can look at it and think about it in the scientific terms it's really more towards that understanding that science has what's you know in the modern world so well, we often refer to these languages as quantum physics languages Mm-hmm. And, and and as far as my experience is, I know that's what fits the best with this explanation. Mm-hmm. You know, you often, I know when we talk, you often talk about how you, the the native languages um, ex- communicate from the heart, whereas the languages that we are using in Western culture communicate more from the mind. And it seems to me that nature, certainly, in every interaction or relationship that I have with nature, it is an absolutely a hard exchange. It is. It is. I, I think that's, uh, you know, people go through it every day, but they don't, they're not the program, they're not understanding that really without words is mm-hmm. how it comes into to play in a person's um, makeup, I would say, and, and the conditioning that we have um, in the Western world, but not really thinking about nature um, as part of us, but something that is, is that we can view and look at. So when, when I do think about um, how is it going to change, is it going to change me so that I can love nature, and we use all these, 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 these words that are concepts, because in nature... There's no concepts. There's no need for concepts in nature, and and that's more of uh, your intuition, your um, metaphor of your heart, metaphorical language of your heart, and you could feel that rather than having to conceive of it as something that can be controlled with just naming it as beautiful, or you know, um, just you know how the words we describe in English about how nature looks to us because it's yeah. for us to view, and therefore. It's at a distance already because we're viewing it as, oh, that beautiful sunset, sun, mm-hmm. sun, sunset, you know. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's already distanced from us because of the language we use. It's true. The words are never enough, are they? Yeah, you um, know. Yeah, and, and I think if you think about the words that we do use, I think they're, they're in, the, the, the energy is in there somewhere, but we're not accessing all of the energy in our languages um, especially in English, because I do speak English and, and the other language, uh, Akota, and there is a difference, and people say there is no difference because every language is intranslatable to each other somewhere, so, but not in a whole context. Almost 99% of the whole context of 
can't be. I mean, I can't even give away secrets in English because English doesn't have the terminology in there you go. that Lakota has. Yeah. That, that's fascinating. And, and, and what about in those situations? I'll, I'll give one example that I'm thinking of where there were actually no words, but there was music. When you, uh, you'll remember that uh, this last summer, I believe it was early in the summer, when you uh, arrived at our little farm here in North Guilford in Connecticut, along with Patrick Moraz, the, <coughs> excuse me, the former um, keyboard player for the Moody Blues. And yes, you both kindly agreed to letting the rest of us jam with you, you know, as an exquisite um, musician you are yourself. You know, we, we were jamming away there with you out in the backyard and this total silence came across the wildlife and we have plenty of it here you know the birds and the animals you've experienced many times when you you know when you visited and uh, there was a total silence the horses stood there with their ears up the uh, there was there was just a, a silence of a kind I, I don't think I've ever really quite experienced before H how would you interpret that that the music was it simply that they heard something they had not experienced mm -hmm. themselves or how, how would you relate to that because for me it was a spiritual experience mm. yeah it's it's an everyday thing i think we again have not really trained our minds or have stopped long enough to really listen beyond our ears or knowledge of it so when the horses were there, when the, the birds and the animals, a little, you know, the, uh, the, the woodchucks that you have there and the squirrels. And yeah. All of those little, little creatures there, um, they, they are tapped in to the knowledge of forever. It's their consciousness. So when, when, when humans bring it through music in this way, I think they pay attention to that. Then they're kind of like paying attention they're listening to us because in us is that knowledge of forever somewhere. And I think that's when we pique their interest and they're like, you know, then we're accepted by them because then we're, we're really on, on the right vibration with those nature, that nature and various creatures around because they, they're already tapped in to the knowledge of forever. There's no need for them to have a concept or conscious or conscience. Actually. Right. They're, they're already conscious of everything, you know, yeah. so when you think about tapping in with the music, that, I think that's what really happens when, when two people from two different cultures from England and, and, uh, myself from here, uh, from this turtle Island called us is, is that, that goes across borders, whatever. So, you know, that's whatever tempor temporarily, temporary concepts we put up between each other through government, science and religion, Music has none, you know, air, beautiful. Wind, sunshine, rain, that, they don't know what borders are. So why aren't we really turn, turning our head to that knowledge of forever? Because they show it to us within cycles. If that's an example, they're always yeah. in the cycle of it as well as the planet. So that's the knowledge of forever that those uh, little animals were paying attention to. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. And they, they, you know, there is a, the communication happens on a really different level and not to, to take us to a, a science place after that lovely uh, comment that you made, but um, you're reminding me that 
you know, Colin is a photographer, and often when he, he sits to take pictures of wildlife, it's like he can be camouflaged, he can be hidden. They know the moment his his lens hits them, they know he's there and they respond. And some of the um, research that's been done with people where if you look at someone, the back of their head in a restaurant, they feel it and they turn around, and that happens over and over, and it's, and it's very... Um, a recognizable scientific thing and and I'm just wondering for me I think of that as an exchange of energy that an energy has been transmitted that is picked up by our senses and they and these are senses that we aren't trained to use but I think in our language these senses don't even exist and I wonder if in your language those senses are more a part of everyday reality I, I think yes I would say to that and uh, because I do experience this society as it is, and we are geared towards um, looking outwards rather than through something. And to us um, as Native people, I'm not going to speak for all Native people, mm-hmm. but it would seem that our intuition is being told through the earth. And if a human being is part of the earth, then you're more closely re- related to that human being through the DNA, the same elements, and whatever we're made up of earth is in that, that person that we're, it's that we're staring at the back of his head for. You know, it's the same <laughs> element. So we're in tune with the earth, and once you, you're in tune with earth, you can probably achieve just everything that you're talking about. The intuition, if people go to ESP, uh, they go to all these other, you know, disciplines, uh, sort of abstractions of, mm-hmm. of trying to communicate only with the mind, but it takes the whole body and with your, when you're within, so, so to speak, that your antenna, your feet or your antenna are in the earth. And when they're in the earth, that's, you're transmitting. You're picking up and, and mm-hmm. receiving at the same time. And mm-hmm. when that happens, and people don't, may not know that they actually have that ability. I wouldn't say gift, mm-hmm. you know, because ability means to me that it's our responsibility that... Mm to know that everyone has this, but some of some people choose not to because mm-hmm. they seem to have more advantage by uh, accruing material, the material gain and the privilege of it and the ownership of it. So they, their minds are geared towards something else and not the naturalness and the humbleness and yet the intelligence of Mother Earth that gives you that gift of intuition. Hmm. You, you know what you're reminding me of is when you came back from um, upstate New York, I think you were in, and, and you had been with people who, who were bending spoons, and you came back with this whole pile of, of <laughs> utensils that were all melded into one. I didn't like the way he was looking at ours, did you? <laughs> and and um, my sense of how it was that you had accomplished that was that you had melded with those with with the DNA, if you will, or the energetics of of those things, and in that melding, there there is no definition. You know, it can be anything. Mm. Yes, it, it's um, that the, the stones or the metal um, used in it has its story about how, where it came from, where it was mined, how it was coupled with several other metals, metals, and the process that we used to bring the shine to it and the mm. thickness, because those were very thick utensils and. I was kind of surprised myself, but that's a story I was given by that thing. And, and people would, you know, probably go 
want to have a disclaimer for this, what I say, but, but when, when you say become the, the spoon, that's impossible. It's like you get to know the elements, the movement of that motion, the energy where it came from, the mining, even the, you know, the gouging of the earth and the knowing ahead of time that that big shovel or that drill was going to gouge that part of the earth to take that piece of metal mm, yeah. in order to, to transform it into a spoon. That's mm. the story it came from. And, and anybody there who was able to, to uh, bend it, uh, bend those spoons, they, they had something there. They couldn't understand it, but they were amazed. I could see the amazement in them. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that's why we have not been able to really make that a coffee table conversation. It's more or less, that's an ooh and ah, and he's a magician, he's right. special. Yeah. But if you think it, everybody can do that. There's no need mm-hmm. for a supernatural. It's just mm-hmm. natural, you see, like the spoon. Yeah. I don't think we have even a clue of what is naturally, of what our natural abilities are, because I think we are trained from a very early age not to pay attention to certain things. And as you say, that it is encoded in our language that we don't pay attention to different things. Uh, I'm, you know, back to our conversation a little, a moment ago about when um, Patrick Moraz was here in Antiochusin. And, you know, two other people, Todd Secchi was, was drumming. Todd and, and Krista. And Christine Cummings. Yes, they were, well, Christine too. Yes. So anyway, they run a place called Hope, which has wildlife, um, you know, birds, wild birds that they take care of, um, many different raptors. And I'm just wondering uh, what their response is with the wild birds in their care to music and how music transcends. It would be great if they were to call in. It's true. <laughs> I don't suppose. But you know what well. happens with whenever T.O. Cassine would be here with Jadina with the hummingbirds that would oh, come the up to the window. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of flit around looking at the back of his head. <laughs> Could you feel them, T.O. Cassine, mm. the hummingbirds? <laughs> oh, yeah. You feel them all, you know, they, they kind of You can't miss them, you know, they're they're there, and I'm glad that you take care of them when they arrive during the summer, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, so um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We're heading to break now, um, so don't go away because we have actually some pretty interesting conversation coming up. But if you would like to contact Teokasin, you can reach him on Facebook or you can email him at teokasin at gmail.com. That's T-I-O-K-A-S-I-N at gmail.com. And you can also hear him at his radio program at firstvoicesindigenousradio.org. So stick around. There's a lot more to come. And now we're heading into break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. 
Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. We're talking tonight with Teokasen Ghost Tours from the Lakota Nation. Um, Teokasen, we have been talking about um, our interconnection with nature and um, and being able to perceive energy and know how interconnected all life is. And it seems to me that this is really important at this time because, by and large, People as a whole, maybe because of technology, maybe because of a whole lot of different things we probably can't name, but people by and large are suffering from a very deep existential loneliness. And yet you have said that in your native language, there is no word for loneliness. So can you talk a little bit about why that's important and, and what it what it means about the two different perspectives? It, it has to do with uh, what we say, mitakuye, and it, that has a longer meaning than just the relationship. So I'll stop right there, but we'll put the word relationship in it. And I think what happens, because I even use the word so many times in, when I'm speaking English, I. I mm. is a noun in English, and it has a sub, it's subjective, it's a noun, it's a pronoun, it's a singularity, it's a alone. It's <laughs> all of those things to make you an individual. Uh, in, in divided duality, I think that's what the word is. But when you say that, then you become stagnant, I, and there, you become motionless. So when I figured this thing out that we don't have that word for I, me, my, or mine in Lakota, then what is an I when you refer to yourself in a sense that way? And we could always put it back in the box of the I noun in English where in, in many native languages around the world, I doesn't exist. It's really that you are, are a verb. You're in motion with all that wind, with all of the other, you know, life forms out there, including other human beings. So we often want to single, sing, um, how do you say it, make it a single, make ourselves a singularity when it comes to things like the romance of love or, all those things that we're told to think like, but I don't think, well, many people don't know the origins of those words that they're using, where they mm. come from. And, I, and that's part of the problem, if there is to be one. It's just the perceptions of, am I alone? Is that That's a very anthropocentric thing to say. I am mm. alone. I have nobody. I am, you know, all lonely, and yet... To me, says that the very same thing as uh, Descartes said. I think, therefore, I, I am. 
mm-hmm. the loneliest statement to me because it has nothing to do with we. It's huh. just someone trying to find themselves, and yet they're trying to find explanation for their loneliness. And so they've been cut off from nature. And I could go into the, the, the what I what I found out when I was in Greece and Cyprus lately, um, and, and understanding something energetically, if that's the word for it, but that loneliness of dividing and leaving a whole peoples away from nature so that we all become individuals within it. That's been pra- being practiced now for thousands and thousands and thousands of years in the West, and we almost think that we, we have the answer if we keep dividing things up and find uh, it in minis- the, the minuscule uh, atoms of where we come from. And that's the true loneliness when we don't know where we come from, so we need to belong to someone in a possessive sense. Um, and that's too, too um, I think that's unfortunate that we think in that way. And yet we have to, we still use the Western connotation that, well, all humans are alike. All humans need someone else to survive. That's kind of true, but it's a temporary thought also because there's life beyond this one that we're contained within the body. And yes, we do want to enjoy the body and we want others in the same way, but when we come with that idea of loneliness, that's not fair at all to all the relationships that we live with, the trees and animals and all the elements that we talked about that made us up, that put consciousness into our bodies also. So when I think about that, it is a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said you said once when we were having dinner or something that... Um, in native um, thought, all of the animals, the trees, the grass are your relatives. So as, as long as you're on the earth, you're not alone. You Expanding know, is, the relationship. is a really yeah. extraordinary thing to stop and think about. Yeah, yeah. I think where I, I um, get the deeper sense of, I will say loneliness, it's sadness actually, I think the words come very close together at times, but the loneliness, yes I can say and I do say that I feel a loneliness because my uh, blood family are 4,000 miles away across an ocean and I can't even swim, you know, I mean that is a loneliness, but I also feel a deep sadness and a loneliness when I see creatures that are leaving our planet, you know, due to the, the, the abuse in many, many, on many occasions, the human abuse of the planet. You know, when polar bears are struggling with to catch their food now, and 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 we can go on. Uh, th- there is a profound sense of loneliness that I get. Uh, you know, you and I have spoken, we have spoken uh, together on this <laughs> many a time. But you know, to 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 kind of look up in the clouds and see different types of clouds in this last couple of years with the climate change going on. There's a sadness there and a loneliness too, that those clouds, those standard regular cumulus clouds, those puffy white clouds, they have a different structure to them that I'm seeing. You know, as you know, one of my subjects has been meteorology and just whether it's science or not, I see, um, you know, some there are some big changes going on and, you know, getting to this loneliness uh, equation and understanding it, I think it's going to be more and more important, um, you know, as time goes on. Mm. That's so true, Colin. Um, you know, you think, 
the, the possibilities of, of um, an inherent, the, the possibilities are inherent in a language. Um, if this language didn't depend on nouns so much, but that it could just be verbs when the circumstances were appropriate. So there's times within this language of English that if we really understood the respect for nature, then it would, the, the respect for nature and the use of the verbs in motion would be appropriate all the time. But yeah. we have to practice that. And then yes. when we talk about the lo- loneliness, that, that's uh, abstract. That's really mm-hmm. abstract to me. I, yeah. I, I, I can't even deal with it, right? Because it's kind of confusing. So, you know. I'm, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and a lot of natives are judged out of that because, you know, you, what you don't feel, but yes, we do. We probably feel more mm-hmm. so than than the emotion of it, right? The emotion is yeah, is, yeah. is uh, something that we can't really work with. We understand that we do have emotions as humans in a sense, but the feelings that a tree has, you know, if if you call a tree and you name a tree that it's, it's not that. It's it's that's where it's, it's like when a tree is standing, and you hear the sound the wind makes when it blows through. That's yeah. the name of the tree, because yeah. it's it's in harmony with mm. nature. It's yeah. when the the sun, the sun is going down. There's a certain color in the sound that the trees make, and if that wind is coming from one direction, it makes that kind of sound, and you really yeah. can hear it. And we're, we've been. We've been so out of touch with nature that we we think that's some kind of mythology. But I think, well, that's cool. Mythology just opens up the mind for more possibility. Because yeah, there's well, actually why would it why would it be myth in the first place? It's almost like talking. We talk about Earth as if it's a myth, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. right here well, all the time. Well, long may you help us with this because. Uh, you know, this is really what what life's all about, and certainly at the moment. You know, we were talking. You were talking about practicing, um, practicing this in 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 some way. But you know, when you look at the uh, the, the living condition and happiness that apparently uh, you know has been equated to Bhutan, the uh, the small country up there in the Himalaya mountains. You know, their 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 national government have this equation that rather than looking at the gross national product they see their their success in all at all levels by measuring the gross national happiness and they literally grade their uh, economy in that way you know they love wildlife and respect it they they love each other and respect each other you know and the population and the leaders feel secure and not threatened in that environment, which they self-create in connection with nature and one another. You know, so, I mean, the lessons are all around those that need the lessons. You know, that there's just one country that it's measured against other countries, and it's the top end of happiness. So there's a place for us to uh, to learn something by. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's an... In- oh, sorry, Tio, go ahead. No, no, that's that's continue. 
Well, I was just going to say what what that just brought up for me a little bit is how, you know, when you're measuring everything by your finances, it's really easy to go into a place where you never have enough. You you, you never have enough money. There's always something that needs needs money or, or it's always hard to come by or whatever way. And so if you're kept all the time in a survival mindset, you can never really experience that happiness. And maybe all we really have to do to experience it is to change our mindset. We don't, it doesn't, nothing physically has to change except our mindset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's all because our mindset is set. And so yeah. the mind can be changed. But to me, the mind only can be changed, not just by measurements of facts, because those things change all the time anyway. So when a person is nudged in the heart, that, that intuitive sense of balance that is given to all of us anyway is when we understand, you know, that the mind may be just opposite of the heart and there's a balance in between or someplace. I think if we are, if we are into that experience of language, um, acquisition, in other words, you know, going through not being able to speak your language, not being able to, to live your, your, your culture because of one imposition over the other, then you have to go deeper inside so that you don't lose it because you know what that truth is. And so when, when we are basically talking about, I mean, to me, I'm like, okay, how do I get along in common with other people? And I speak their language, and yet I really can't convey what I'm feeling because it mm. seems to be an obstinate um, subject to them that they can't really go to because they don't have time enough for that. So let's rush around, let's do do things that are appropriate so we look good and uh, we feel good, at least we're meeting those kind of responsibilities, but all the time we're losing our ability to be human being because we're being we're such be, being such good citizens. And I know people may not may not uh, kowtow to that, but it is true. I've seen it. I've seen, you know, the the ills that are going on, the the more civilized we become, we have no time for nature. And then the more we believe in civilization and, and either it's a democratic way or some political belief, there's no time to think. You know, we're not even able to think because we're so busy believing that we, we, we can't think for ourselves as people as being part of the earth, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, 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 the real climate change, the real catastrophe yeah. that we've disassociated ourselves and and I think Mother Earth has it all under control where she mm-hmm. just, she's been trying to get our attention. She's getting it good now. And I can mm-hmm. just fall back on a lot of native prophecies and everything. But, you know, that, that's where lots of people want us to go is right to that noble Indian thought process and, you know, saving the earth and all this. But it's totally different. Mainstream America is not mainstream native. And there is a wide difference. We are not Americans. We've been we've been here well long before America ever showed up. And there's plenty of us still around that know that, and they call us militants. And like, no, wouldn't you want to just be who you are as a, as a person and not have to kowtow to somebody else's imposition of how to think, how to live, because Absolutely. that way is very toxic to to the earth. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. So it begins. It begins there. I think it's a it's a mindset of. Where's your seed planting? Where are you putting your seed down in that in that mind? 
Yeah. That, you know, we in our very first um, broadcast, uh, a, a listener called in Maryland who said that she had been having a feeling that something bad was coming. And Colin had said that many people contact him with that feeling that something bad is coming. And, you know, there's a sense that 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 perhaps we create that something bad happening by the amount of energy we focus on it. But I also think that what you're saying is incredibly important that Earth itself has a direction and has a function beyond us that is that is at work, and I'd love to hear more from you on that. Oh, good question, Cynthia. Yes, it's beyond our understanding. I think we, we can... We're almost um, victims of being too slow, so to speak, to, to understand because we're such stuck in the time of measurement and how we think it should be, how we should control Earth, and yet we're so far away when we try to do that because she's not going to understand domination. Mm-hmm. But there are people in this world, in those languages that I know of, that I studied 33 years out of my life, that that are so in sync with nature that they know what's going to happen. It's not that Uh they predict the future. They know what is going to happen because of how we treat it. And if we are speaking a language of neglect to Mother Earth by speaking that war language about, you know, more greed and taking more and growing and we'll apply this principle and and we're just just, uh, forcing nature even though we talk nice that we're not forcing nature, and yet in all of the laws and regulations of of any government that tries to control land and borders is doing that very same nature. Again, Mother Earth is not going to understand that. So when we go back to asking, and you talked Mm -hmm. earlier about Bhutan, I think that's the the country you talked about, the happy gross national product is happiness. Well, one thing that I do know that many people want to go with that um, acceptable answer that we measured happiness, which is great, they did. But when you get down underneath and you sit down in, in places that they are from, they're saying it's because we ask Mother Earth first. It's not we force Mother Earth because you can't force Mother Earth to be happy. So when they ask, and, and they don't are expecting a return of, of a positive or anything. They, as long as you go through the motion and not take for granted that she said yes every time, that you have to be in time and in sync with the earth. And that's why those cultures of the earth have been sustaining, trying to sustain themselves for so long. And the temporary cultures now always are forging ahead and having progressive outlooks and growth and economy and all that. But it's always back to the drawing board for them. Always something yeah. new, a new car, a new something, a new product, mm-hmm. a, new way, right. a new thinking. On everything is new, a new country, a new flag. Everything is new, and there's nothing changing because it doesn't get a chance to root. And that's what America is. It hasn't rooted, and probably never will, as long as those ideas are just forced upon the land. But the yeah. native people are different. You don't see evidence of us having. All of this, we we are losing it, and yes, we are. Um, but now we're understanding because of the many things that are that have not included us as native people, and we we can go to a political way, but I don't want to do that because those are that's too easy. We'll get caught up in that binary thought process of love and hate, and 
right and wrong and all that. Yeah. So when I think about the asking, I think that's what we forgot how to do. Ask and don't expect a yes or an answer at all sometimes, and sometimes you, you see it. You mm-hmm. see it within yourself. You see it within the movements. Even a slight chance of wind changing right there. Yeah. Right there. I love the work that you do with the young people, Teokasin, you know, to show and demonstrate to them the connection with Earth mm-hmm. in these various countries that you visit. That's uh, an invaluable, invaluable uh, service. Oh, absolutely it is. And, and maybe before we're done here, we can put some of that contact information up too. Um, but right now we're heading back into another break. Time goes okay. so fast here. But if you would like to contact Teokasin, you can do so on Facebook. You can email him at teokasin at gmail.com, which is T-I-O-K-A-S-I-N at gmail.com. You can hear him at firstvoicesindigenousradio.org. And now we are going to break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program, where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This. 
This is Exploring Beyond the Edge. To reach Dr. Cynthia Andrews or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to energyexplorations at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Um, this is our final segment with Teokas and Ghost Horse from Lakota Nation. Um, Teokas and I want to pick up a little bit on what you were just talking about before, and it's going to shift us into a little bit of a different direction, I think. But, you know, you were born during the period when Native American children were forcibly taken from their families and put in Christian boarding schools. It was illegal for you as a Native person or for any Native person to speak your own language or practice your own religion. You have lived through what is called the reign of terror. You've seen Mother Earth, who is central to everything that's important to you, quite literally be ravished. And any person would be consumed with anger. I mean, anybody would be. So can you tell us how, as, as this peace advocate that you've become, that you have taken the force of your anger and kind of turned it into, into a, a, your peace work? Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, this is a deep question. Um, I think, to be sure, that um, I had found out about the different types of anger especially how I was grew up um, in my first formative years until six and a half before the government and missionary schools came along and uh, dismembered us from the land, I would say. I call it dismembered us because it hmm. took our hearts away, you hmm. know, and, and put, it had, it, uh, took, and they said, you cannot be native, you cannot be Lakota, you, you can't live that way in the past anymore. And you, you can't be in the future. You have to be this American. But they placed me in the perfect spot because mm-hmm. in the older Lakota, there's no, there is no future. There's no past. There's no time concept. It's always is. In other words, there's no beginning and no ending. So when I looked at, uh, as I got older and I was able to speak and, and have concepts in English more, I thought, well, do I feel that anger or is that just a head? Is that a mental anger? Mm. anguish in a sense. Um, so I would walk with this angst or this anxiety all the time that I needed to dump it off on other people or, or, you know, even make them the victim of it. And even myself, I was feeling that if I didn't do that, I would be the victim of my own hatred for, for self and for everything around me. So it came down to, uh, which I think is an old thing, which wolf are you feeding? Um, and then mm. when, and I thought, well, that anger of destruction comes from hatred, and I don't really like that. It doesn't feel good to me. But then there's the other anger. This anger is because you know the truth. And when I thought about it, I said that type of anger makes me want to do something about it. And it felt good because I was doing something about it. I was not taking my anger out. I was using that energy, that medicine, Cynthia. That's medicine. People have not learned how to use medicine correctly. Anger is an energy. And we Mm -hmm. we don't have a language to describe that, but an emotion, then we we can't be responsible. We don't know how to be responsible for it. We we have lost a feeling. So the feeling is energy, and, and that anger doesn't want to, it doesn't come from the heart. 
that anger mm-hmm. comes from the mental. So what I've done with it is actually thought of it as medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've learned how to take that and, and use it in, in a way that helps the earth first and then humans because I often think when I wake up, I don't, I'm not thinking about humans. And it may sound crass to other people, but to me it's like if I think of life in general, of the birds and where are they, it's not like when I was a kid and Colin talked about earlier. Everything is gone. Like mm-hmm. I used to see, I used to see so many of my relatives out there, you know, and I can yeah. see the Lakota people in Standing Rock calling the buffalo. I can see the young woman calling the eagles, and hundreds of bald eagles and golden eagles show up. That's that's what I'm saying. When we still have that, we're still able to do that. So. We can do that with ourselves, and that's what I've done with myself, in a sense, without uh, having to, you know, go to all these psychologists all the time and take pills and go to just spiritual retreat after spiritual retreat. It's mm. like, no, the earth is, will take care of that. If I ask her every morning, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? You know, all this, and you sit with that. You sit with her. It's like consoling asking the oldest elder that you know is earth and she will tell you with the helpers all around and you were missing that and that's mm-hmm. so simple and it doesn't mean you have to go nuts and go back to the woods and all that it's that it starts simple we have to understand that we we live in a, an addictive society and that takes a while to get away from the addiction because that addiction that keeps us in there is the, the, the lack of grief. And, mm-hmm. and that's why we're angry, because we don't know our grief as well as we think we do. Yeah. That's, that's a very powerful statement, and it is really true. And until we heal our grief, we can be so easily manipulated. You know, we see it happening all the time where people's unhealed parts of themselves are manipulated into big social actions that inside their heart, they would never even think to do those things or feel those things. Or It's quite quite a powerful thing that you've just said, Chiyokasin. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, very powerful. Yeah. If you were... Uh, yeah, sorry, I mean, we could go on. So. Mm. Yeah, no, I, just to add there that if you were asked to, um, the best way to put this, I guess, suggest the way back to true connection, what, what would you say? I mean, there's a, there's pieces of a lot that you've said here this evening that, that would, I guess, kind of really does uh, address that. But in, in simplistic terms as best we can to one another um there's a there's a lot of people as cynthia was said in the opening of the of the the program uh, a lot of people have this anxiety this sense that we're off the rails and how please can we put it back on you know nature in, in this big master cycle of decline as far as climate change is concerned you know must be signaling her own way when we all say it to us in ways we can't exactly put our fingers on but that that must also resonate with our people uh, in some in some sense so h- h- how do we how do we find our way back to true connection and you know Cynthia and I have experienced many times with you uh, how passionate you are in your connection with a tree for example with nature herself 
Right. Um, there, there is a, a term or a phrase um, in our language, takushkashka, and it essentially means um, the points or the motion behind the motion for lack of a better better terminology, because I could talk about that all night, but the, the motion behind the motion, and when we we are looking at this uh, order, this implicate order that basically holds everything together in the universe, um, but it, that it also exists um, not because of what we believe in or our perceptions or even our languages and stuff, our categories, um, but it, that is is exist independently of us ruling it or through methods or through science and all we can do is mess it up mm, right yeah, because you can't yeah. teach earth or nature new tricks in a sense that it already knows that you're trying to fool it you know yeah. i think many people have lied to earth so long that we we don't even know that that's medicine to that's not to lie to earth but that <clears throat> When we stop lying to Earth, when we stop saying that uh. we are we came to dominate you and be steward a steward to you and all this stuff, that's kind of true, the stewardship, but it's not enough uh. because if if you if you um, mm, acquire a language because the Earth taught you, because you are able to acquire a food because the Earth taught you. And it keeps teaching us all the time. It keeps showing us, in fact, and even how to be, um, how to be uh, healthy in the mind, if not the spirit in the body. So all of those things, we we turn our reference points away. We turn our reference points back to the noun subjugating thingifying of all life. So therefore, we can control it. And yet, we are fooling ourselves. Mm. We're lying to the earth that we can control. The weather. We can control these things because we we're so full of ourselves as human beings or humans, in fact, not even being. And and we we fooled ourselves because technology, as you know, Cynthia and Colin and I described the magi, and the mm-hmm. magi is simply the tools of the earth. And magic means one who uses the tools of earth properly, and a magician is one who fools and tricks everybody else. The illusion and that's what we've done to ourselves, all the illusions that we've put out, out there through technology, through science, through religion, through government. It's all illusion. And so we're believing in the illusion and our energy is being, being um, drained away from us because of our belief system. And yet there are cultures. There are cultures who don't have to believe in those things because they don't need to think about those things because they're living the, the life, they're living the culture, they're living the spirit, and just like the consciousness of the tree that I talk about, just like the consciousness of, of all life on earth, and even those things that we don't even see, you know, mm-hmm. when I talk about, you know, the, the new Lakota, you know, it says, I don't speak the language so well, but geez, I know a lot, it's crazy, because mm-hmm. if, I, if I know a lot speaking a little bit of the language... Just think about someone who totally is a, has a PhD in it, but not yeah. colonial noun-filled way. So, so children, yeah, yeah. 
Tioka said, I'm so sorry, we are completely out of time. We have about 30 oh, seconds left. Right. This man has to come back. <laughs> we do need to have you back. It is wonderful to have you here. That was amazing. And um, simplysmile.org is, is a, a group that you work with and I think people will want to check out. And I want to leave us with a thought um, of gratitude. Breathe in, thank you. Breathe out, thank you. That is That is what we can give back. Um, thank you, Tiokasen. We thank will you so talk much, with you again soon. And thank you for everyone listening. And don't forget to tune in next week where we have another really great show, another heart-centered show. We are talking with Mark Crowley on leadership. He wrote a book called Leading from the Heart. He works with the research on the um, size of the energy field of the heart. He's written a best-selling book, and definitely don't miss that. And thank you so much. Again, Tiokasen. Keep up the good work, Tiokasen. Uh, yes, yes. And be, be a butterfly against the wind. Yes, and that is a book, <laughs> too, um, that you and Jadina wrote that is phenomenal. So everyone go go to Amazon, um, butter, Butterfly Against the Wind. That's what an right. extraordinary Beautiful. concept. Okay, I think I think that we are yeah. on our way out of well, here. Well, we're only leaving if, if Tiokson <laughs> promises to come back. <laughs> thank you so much, Thank Tiokson. you. Bye-bye. All right, we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you. Oh, thank you, all your listeners. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Exploring Beyond the Edge is heard every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, Dr. Cynthia Andrews wishes you a great week. Thank you.